This is episode number 112 with Gib Bassett. Welcome to Transform Talks, the only podcast that cuts straight through the hype and noise on supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, the CEO and co-founder of the Future Insights Network. Join me as I uncover the stories and delve deeper into the topics that really matter to you. How are customer-centric supply chains different by definition to a well-functioning and synchronized supply chain? Could they be the same thing? What are the defining features of a customer-centric supply chain? What role does data analytics play in building customer centricity? And what separates the companies with a data strategy from those that actually collect data but have no strategy in place to leverage everything it can offer? If you're intrigued to find the answers to these questions, well, you're in the right place because in this episode, I'm joined by Gib Bassett, Solutions Marketing Director at Alteryx, the company behind the analytics process automation platform, which helps companies accelerate data-driven business outcomes without using complex code, to discuss all of this and, and a lot more. Everyone talks about customer-centric supply chains. Well, in this episode, Gib and I are going to be cutting through the hype to provide clarity on what a truly customer-centric supply chain looks like and how you can overcome the barriers to building customer centricity in your supply chain. Let's get started. Hey, Gib, nice to have you here. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. So, you know what? I want to talk to you about customer centricity because we keep hearing that over and over and over again. I've had a number of different guests with a number of different definitions. It's almost like it's different definition for everybody, but how would you define customer cent- a customer-centric supply chain? Sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess what I would do is I would kind of, um, I would step back a little bit first. So thinking back to when the, you know, the pandemic kind of hit at the beginning of 2020, you know, back in 2019, you know, uh, digital transformation was, you know, all the rage and every company was talking about that. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, um, that kind of threw everything into a little bit of a turmoil. And today we always talk yeah. about digital transformations have all collapsed and, you know, what was going to take years, people's transformations now have like collapsed into a period of months. But back then transformations pretty much, you know, all stopped. And what happened at that point in time what I observed and what we all have read about since then is that there were companies, a very select few, who were able to somehow adapt to that change, um, particularly in the supply chain. And it was all about their analytic capabilities in the supply chain. Uh, it was their ability to have their systems that were able to somehow, and it was all about predicting demand. And what happened is that uh, their systems that uh, they had in place, uh, they were disrupted just like everybody's, but what mm-hmm. they had, they had the capacity to then uh, interpret what was happening very quickly and see what was happening and stop um, and pivot and adapt. And it had everything to do with their maturity with regard to analytics and, and that sort of thing. And uh, essentially what they were able to do is leverage the fact that they were just very sophisticated up and down this uh, analytic spectrum. And see, it's what's very interesting is that it's a very sort of analytic kind of uh, capability, not so so supply chain domain specific, but it was really around their ability to uh, embrace their sort of core competency in analytics to look at just what was happening. So rather than looking at say, you know, what will people buy, you know, next week, next month, what are people buying right now and what's happening across 
everywhere and let's immediately you know have that cascade throughout our supply chain and there were very few companies that could do that and those that were able to do it were able to survive and do okay um but unfortunately the vast majority of companies were not and those were the companies that we read about that unfortunately you know experienced furloughs layoffs and unfortunately there were bankruptcies right so um, I just I lay out that context because what's happened, you know, in the intervening time is that companies have since learned that, you know, they have had deficiencies in their forecasting and they've had deficiencies in their supply chain and they've had deficiencies in their insight into how customers, um, you know, um, you know, what their needs are and, the, and, and that sort of thing. And um, unfortunately, now, as we, you know, experience, um, uh, uh, you know, extreme, you know, uh, coming demand as the holiday season starts to come. Whereas last year, the, the problem was just what is it? What is demand now? Demand is so certain. And now, unfortunately, there's all these, um, uh, uh, you know, these, these gaps in terms of shipping capacity, et cetera. Um, companies now are being a little caught off guard there. What's, what's clearly happening is that there's just this immense necessity to really not be so inwardly focused with respect to the supply chain, but be extremely outwardly focused to mm-hmm customers and the market and embrace that world and bring it into the supply chain and have it reflected there. And so um, I just say, tell tell that little story because, you know, but the customer centric supply chain really needs to be, it needs to really reflect that, that reality. Um, And, and and for better or worse, it it is, it is a very analytic kind of uh, uh, message and uh, with data at at its core. And ultimately, it needs to reflect, you know, the needs and wants of customers and, you know, to the extent it makes sense for the, for the particular business, whether it's a retailer or a manufacturer, and just make sure that um, that uh, that the various processes and, you know, can be anything can be just uh, making sure that the product is available at the right, in the right channel at the right time at the right price. It's, it's all the it's all the things that we always talk about, but it's just got to be it's got to be real. Um, and so that's kind of how, you know, how I've been talking about it. You know what what you describe or the kind of picture that you paint, Gib, is 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 like customer centricity at the center of supply chain is not something that's nice to have. It's a necessity to have, especially in this sort of volatile and complex world. Would would you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely. I mean, I think it absolutely is, and I think that there, I think that there would be no one that would argue against it. I think the challenge is that. Uh, it's just that if you if you don't if you're not there yet and you need to make strides towards it, it's sort of how do you how do you start making uh, improvements you know in that in that vein? And so I think that that's really um, really the the challenge right now. Um, and how do you start making incremental improvements? And so um, I think that's really where the uh, the argument or where the discussion needs to start to happen for sure. Yeah, but I absolutely agree with you. I think that it is essential. Uh, but, but you, and- you, you, you- you know, you said, sorry to interrupt you, but you said something about how data is at the heart of it. Could that be perhaps what is stopping people from adopting a, a, a new kind of customer-centric supply chain methodology? Are they scared or daunted by data or dealing with data? Uh, well, I think I think a lot of these companies, they have a lot of data already. Um, mm. It's very it's very interesting, too, because, um, you know, it's, 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 it's very interesting. So, you know, I used to work in, you know, uh, a CRM company, and so it's very funny because a lot of a lot of organizations are going through customer 360 initiatives mm-hmm. in their in their marketing organizations, and uh, marketing organizations at large should be the arbiters and owners of immense customer insights that should be reflected throughout the organizations. And it's really interesting that 
you know, um, in spite of that, you know, what, what these organizations truly need is that the, the supply chain and the core of the business really needs to actually actually have the uh, need to, needs to be the brains of the, of the organization mm-hmm. with regard to the customer insight and have that really be where, where it lives. And it usually um, isn't. Do you think do you think it isn't in most companies? Isn't that right? Uh, it, it unfortunately it doesn't seem to it doesn't seem to be the case. But what's really interesting is that those companies that have do have it that way, obviously those are the ones that are on the Gartner and you know the supply mm. chain you know the supply chain best um, lists. Um, unfortunately, for better or worse, right? Yeah. <laughs> and 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 so there's one thing in having data, right? That that's that's one thing having data. I think we all have data. We're all swimming in data. But do they have a data strategy? Do they have a data driven leadership? Do they have um, a love of data and its appreciation? You know, do you, right. is that what you see? Well, yes, sure. I mean, that, that's what's, you know, of course, what's interesting is that um, there's a lot of evidence that suggests that there's there's certain things that the companies that do this very well, um, you know, do, do certain things. And so it's clear that it always starts from the top. And of course, executive sponsorship and leadership and vision is essential. And there are a, a number of other things that have to occur as well. Um, where you know people need to have certain skills, they need to be um, you know enabled, they need to be encouraged, there needs to be governance. There's lots of different things that have to occur. I think what prevents a lot of companies from making strides in these areas, though, particularly from an executive leadership perspective, is that executives, um, you know, uh, obviously have relatively short-term goals. They have you know goals around quarterly objectives, particularly in public organizations. And, you know, they need uh, a lot of confidence, I think, to really, you know, change, change course. And so from my personal pr- perspective, from my experience, that um, executives really need to have very prescriptive, you know, insights. They need to very, very prescriptive uh, plans, use cases, and roadmaps to, to make improvements uh, to the business that map to their, to their goals. And I think that when you can line things up in that way, that's how um, organizations that are not there yet can make improvements because that gives them um, a lot of confidence to do so. And that lines up with a lot of the best practices that companies that are making a lot of um, improvements to their businesses and achieving a lot of value from things like artificial intelligence and robotic process automation and a lot of these new new, new technologies that are all falling into this umbrella of this mm-hmm. thing called hyper automation, that that's how they're doing it. They really are trying to organize these projects around very defined goals that map to top or bottom line uh, results. And they're adding those things up and making sure that executives understand them um, and that they're, that's how they're getting improvements. Um, and in supply chain, it's no different. So, yeah. So you talk about the companies that are doing well, you know, the ones that make it to the big lists and, uh, and obviously they have a defining strategy, but um, what do you think is the challenge, you know, for implementing a customer centric supply chain today? Well, I think that I think that I think understanding where to start is clearly the case, and so understanding what your customer cares about most of all to tailor your your strategy um, most appropriately is really important. So if you if you don't if you don't know where where to start, and your marketing organization can't tell you, then it's clear that you need to do something um, either in partnership with with those in your organization who have the capacity to help you do that. But um, it can be, you know, it can be doing things like, you know, surveying your customer base. You know, you need to do some sort of research into, you know, what your customers care most about um, to be able to understand what is most important to tailor it. And so for a retailer, it's about, you know, what do, what do they care about most in terms of the channels that they buy in, 
um, uh, the, you know, the price that they pay for the product and for a manual, you know, from, and, you know, it, you know, exam, examples of this are, are things like, you know, Mondelez recently, you know, um, here in the United States um, with the Triscuits, Triscuits um, that they sell, the, the little crackers, um, they're actually selling these now with the ability and on the packaging that you can, you can trade, you can trace the origin of the ingredients back to their source, right? So it's, 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 it's a very interesting um, way of taking that back into, into the, this is the supply chain um, that way. And so there's, there's, there's these examples, you know, emerging where, um, you know, you can do, do these sorts of things. And so um, it's just, a, it's a variety of, um, variety of things like that, that you can uh, possibly do. Yeah. You know, I want to I want to hone in on something you said there because it stuck in my head about understanding what the customer truly wants, what's really important to the customer. Do you think sometimes we as businesses perhaps lose sight of that and are trying to solve a problem that isn't there and or maybe address something that isn't necessarily needing to be addressed? Oh, sure, absolutely. Right. I mean, that's absolutely. I mean, if, if you believe that sustainability is important to your customer, if you believe that, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, you have to certainly have to validate that. Absolutely. You don't want to make any assumptions. And so that's why it's important to, um, to do your research and understand that. The other thing that um, I didn't mention at the onset too, is that um, when you tailor when you, this idea of that understanding your customer, tailoring your various supply chain processes to your customer, um, just like in any, any sort of um, marketing initiative, um, not not all customers are created equal. You want to make sure that you're focusing on, you know, your most valuable customers and um, thinking about it through that lens as well. And in a supply chain context, I don't think that's traditionally, you know, thought about in that through that lens either. And so that's one of the ways to think about this too is that you want to think about that um, as well. Um, and so that that adds another wrinkle into the into the mix too is customer value. Let's bring in the the big C word, COVID. How has that changed things, you know, in, in, in people's drive to, to implement the customer-centric supply chain, in your opinion, in your background? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, well, I think the, 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 big, the big thing, at least initially, is that um, obviously it shifted a lot of demand um, online. And so at least from, uh, from a, a distribution and from a buying perspective, um, it, it shifted uh, everything to um, online channels and in a retail context, it shifted stores to being distribution points. Um, uh, and so that, that obviously was a huge disruptive uh, event there. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's cascaded into the, the shipping and distribution and logistics networks globally, um, causing huge labor and mm -hmm. labor shortages, and it's caused huge headaches there. And it's currently causing problems um, in those channels right now and causing, um, I think probably it's gonna cause huge, um, and it's already, I mean, it's already, you know, people are estimating huge, you know, additional costs for expedited shipping fees for various uh, either raw materials and or finished goods um, for people to make their, um, make their forecasts um, for, the, for, the, for this year. And so um, I, for the time being, I, I think disruption due to this uh, unfortunate pandemic, I think is gonna be, and I've talked to you know various people that are you know know more about it than I do have said that yeah it, it's disruption is just going to be is the norm for the time being it's you can't count on sort of um, the old way of sort of um, expecting sort of a steady state and expected um, way of doing things it's gonna you have to expect disruption and so that being the case it just begs for you know you need to have 
these capabilities. And um, you know, there's been chief procurement officer studies that show that absolutely that you know this the old way of focusing on continuous cost reduction is just no longer going to cut it. You have to expect you have to expect disruption. You have to be ready for it. You have to be prepared um, to identify alternative suppliers. You have to be ready to go. Um, and there's just no way you're going to get that done doing things the old way. And so, you know, unfortunately, there's going to have to be additional investment, um, and uh, it's going to have to probably start at in in doing things like this. I would expect. Yeah. So here's, you know, I spoke with someone once that said to me, look, you know, a customer centric supply chain is kind of what a supply chain is anyway. It should be, you know, should it, be. It, it it should be a customer centric. It's not rocket science. Not brand new theory, right? So I guess the question is isn't a sort of well-synchronized, you know, supply chain that is well-functioning the same thing as a customer-centric supply chain or or, or could they be the same thing or or am I just thinking about two different things here? Yeah, I mean, I guess if if all the participants are connected, I think that's that's a great great foundation, Um, but I guess that they may not necessarily be um, operating off the same playbook and measuring you know, success um, based on the measures that are most important to the customer. And so that may not be necessarily the case. And so um, that that could be the distinction right there. And so it requires leadership and um, that might be the difference. But if, you know, if, if, there, if there's synchronization, that's definitely um, probably, you know, the lowest common denominator necessity to make that happen. But, um, yeah. you, know, you know, knowing if you're a good job, knowing if you're doing things right with respect to customer centricity means that you know you're you're measuring yourself relative to you know what matters most to to the customer and so um making sure that um that that's the case you know it doesn't go without saying unless it's agreed upon across the participants for sure do you think that perhaps some of the difficulties that supply chain leaders face today with regards to creating the i don't know that kind of visibility that end-to-end visibility is down to so many data pools and so many silos within their business that doesn't allow them to have that kind of an analysis across the whole end-to-end supply chain. Well, sure. I mean, yeah, data, enterprise data strategy, information architecture is something that every company struggles with. Um, but, you know, the, the, good, the good news is that there's lots of um, options um, and efficient options, you know, with cloud technologies and uh, mm-hmm. different architectures available to efficiently stitch those things together without having to necessarily embark on a multi-year, um, you know, uh, model. Yeah, that, that, could be, that could be expensive and, and time-consuming and scary, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. But then the, the, there are options to um, that speed the ability to pull data together um, more or less on demand to, to pull together the insight necessary to facilitate the types of analyses you need to across different systems to, to make that possible, um, thanks to the cloud and some other other methods to, to do that for sure. But yeah, that can definitely be an issue for certain organizations. Yeah. Last question. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold you to it. I know you don't have a crystal ball in front of you, but what, what do you think the, the industry is going to look like in the next year? You know, what does the year ahead or the, the next two years ahead look like for supply chain? Yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, my expectation would be that there's going to be a lot of more, there's going to be a lot more investment, I think, in, uh, in the predictive side of things. I think that, um, yeah. I think that there's been just there's just been too many there's been too many case studies and examples shown that uh, that, that companies um, have what that were able to weather what happened last year um, and how they did it and I think that the companies that 
um, experienced huge disruption, were caught off guard and realized, oh my gosh, look, look, look at what happened to our business. And oh my gosh, look, 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 look why it happened. And uh, I think that over the next, you know, we're seeing investment and changing in processes that are, that are probably cascading throughout the system. Um, and I think that a lot of companies are trying to improve their analytics maturity in the supply chain so that they can, um, you know, be able to adapt to these, adapt to these changes, um, just like a lot of these more modern companies. And I think there's more technologies that are coming to market that are allowing them to do that. Um, and uh, I recently, you know, you may have heard this too. I think that there's this, there's this opportunity around this idea of hyper automation, which sounds mm-hmm. like a, a hyper, a hyper hype term, if you will. <laughs> but I, but I, I think it's very interesting actually, because I think um, there's this idea of sort of marrying these, these, these different ideas together of, of automation of different uh, processes and bringing together artificial intelligence and analytics and IOT and different things together, but um, doing it in a way that's going to help supply chain processes and other processes in a way of really dealing with these disruptive events, but without requiring a lot of people to oversee a lot of the processes. I think that's gonna help um, a lot because um, unfortunately, I think this, this disruption is going to continue um, and uh, it's just going to continue to drag on a lot of businesses. And it's going to, from a cost perspective, it's just going to continue to be a drag on, on, on business. And I think um, technologies like that are going to be immensely helpful to um, just stripping out a lot of cost and inefficiencies that are going to help um, companies, you know, come to the other side of this um, more positively, I think. Yeah. And weather the storm. I mean, to go back to what I said at the beginning, right, it, which is, uh, is this a nice to have or is this a must have? It sounds like this is a must have if you're going to like you say, come out the other side of it, right? I think so. Yeah, I agree. Gib, thanks so much for, for being here. Thanks for chatting with us and, and, and giving us some insight into what you've been doing. So uh, no doubt we'll have you here again and we'll, uh, we'll see what, what you've been up to. And uh, by all means, thank you very much. Thanks, Marie. I appreciate it. Great. And for those of you guys listening at home, we'll catch you again at the next one. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today at Transform Talks. I hope you found this valuable. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share. I'll see you at the next one.